From the Gert Boyle Studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. 35 years ago, an institution was born. Cycle Oregon began week-long biking trips all across the state, drawing thousands of Oregonians and people from around the country. The organization weathered wildfires and came back last year after a COVID pause. But it announced recently that this year's seven-day classic will be the final edition of a beloved tradition. Steve Schultz is the executive director of Cycle Oregon. He joins us to talk about the end of an era and the nonprofit's plans going forward. Steve Schultz, welcome. Dave, thanks. Great to be here. Before we get to why Cycle Oregon's classic ride is ending after this year, can, what can you tell us about how the ride got started? Sure. Um, you know, uh, the ride has been around since 1988. The organization's been around. And uh, an innkeeper from Ashland, Jim Beaver, had written a, a letter to Jonathan Nicholas, who was a columnist at the Oregonian at the time, about wouldn't it be great if you all did a bike ride and you could come and showcase a lot of the rural communities and help provide some sort of economic benefit. And it just kind of spurred from there. Um, and in 1988, um, decided to do that first event and they figured a few hundred people would show up and a thousand people showed up and it kind of just steamrolled from that point. Um, you know, after a number of years of making some money, they were like, okay, well, we should do something with the funds that we're making and literally passed around a hat to take collections and and we ended up starting up the Cycle Oregon Fund in 1996. But it was just sort of an idea that was hatched um, from a local business, a rural business that said, hey, here's how we could use some help. And um, and a few folks decided to take that charge. And, and we've been able to do it for 35 years. Why do you think it struck a chord? I think it, I think it struck a chord because I think there's, you know, the interesting piece of of bridging that rural-urban divide, which you know, we often hear of and we're often working on. But I think it was like, hey, we can go and explore some really great places that we've heard of, and somebody will help do it do it for us. You know, we like to say, Cycle Oregon, you just show up and pedal, and we'll take care of the rest. And there's something to be said about that. And I think the experiences that people have had on our events since 1988 have really built that community that's brought them back year after year. And, you know, every year on, on our events – People come up to me and say, this is just like a big family reunion. And, you know, I would go places I would never go by myself uh, without you. And and I've seen that, you know, I've lived in the state my entire life and I've never seen this area that we're going to this year. So I think there's just we're able to provide a lot to both the communities and our community and our ridership um, that just keep people coming back. What can you tell us about your first Cycle Oregon ride? My first Cycle Oregon ride um, was out to the Steens. The Steens had just been opened up to for public access uh, in Harney County, so deep southeast of Oregon. Um, and it was September of 2001. And so, as we all know, uh, the Twin Towers fell in September of 2001. And we were out in Harney County, you know, where pals outnumber the people. And uh, it was it was just a very surreal experience to be disconnected from the world at that point. And, and I think that's one of the pieces that really gleaned me to the organization was, you know, that community that was felt out there isolated uh, was one thing. And, you know, I grew up in rural northwestern Wyoming and, and being in a rural community like that um, in that time really just sort of hooked me. And I've never left the organization. Hmm. We asked listeners for their favorite memories of Cycle Oregon. Nathan White 
wrote, this will be my 10th year volunteering. The year they had to reroute from halfway due to fire ended up being my favorite. The resulting day near Baker City, made up entirely on the fly, was one of the most beautiful and fun rides, even if I was experiencing it from a SAG van. And Adam Hill wrote, I was in the very first Cycle Oregon when I was just 14. When I signed up, I was the youngest rider. The other riders and amazing volunteers I met made this experience unforgettable. Also, of course, the fun insanity as they were constantly problem-solving along the way, especially in Eugene, due to unforeseen occurrences. However, without a doubt, my favorite memory is just getting to ride it with my brother. We also got some voicemails. Let's listen to one that we got from DW in Southwest Portland. My favorite memory of Cycle Oregon occurred during the 25th anniversary ride, which is also the only time I ever did it. I rode the climb to Crater Lake with my stump brother, Michael, where we then tackled the rim together. It was my first time seeing Crater Lake, and it was an incredible way to experience that view. It's what I still call the most epic ride I'll never do again, right around 90 miles, none of it flat. I think I'm still sore from it 11 years later. Steve Schultz, what do you think this event meant for the communities that rode through it? Oh, you know, I think that's, you know, that's one of the kind of those behind the curtain things that we get to see. You know, when the when the riderships are there, they see the communities and there's that commonality that's discovered as you're talking with somebody um, from a rural community that you realize you're not different, um, even though you it may be perceived that you're indifferent from, from different places, but I think, you know, a lot of times we'll come into communities and it's the Hatfields and the McCoys that, that are there. And, um, you know, they end up working together to host us and, and end up bridging those differences between themselves that ultimately creates a stronger community. And, and we get the stories that come back from those communities, you know, the impacts on the local businesses, you know, how, how many times I've heard, you know, we did, we did as much sales in one day that we do all year when you guys come to town. I mean, the, the times that I've heard that, I, I, I can't count. And I think the identity of, of looking at new opportunities for economic development from a tourism standpoint, you know, a lot of these rural communities that we go to uh, were founded in timber or fishing, um, sort of, you know, natural resource um, economies that aren't aren't producing as much from a number of different reasons, which we don't need to go into. But I think, you know, seeing that, hey, bikes mean business and this is something these people are great. And so I think, you know, when they ask us to come back every year, like, please come back. Like, we love having you. You know, that just tells us that that we're serving the community as we intended to. At its peak, how many people were taking part in the week-long trip? You know, the most we the most we ever took was about 2,500 people. And that was in, uh, you know, 25th anniversary, which was mentioned earlier is one of my you know big memories in 2012. And, um, you know, that at, at that point, the, the, the circus, as we call it, as we bring it to town is so big that, that we don't, we didn't really didn't want to get bigger than that. But, you know, usually we try to take around 2000 people is historically what we were doing um, pretty much back in the 2010s, um, that whole era. Can you describe so circus is is your your name for it? Logistically, <laughs> what did it take to support that many riders going to places where I think with some frequency there were many more riders than there were local residents? Oh yeah, frequent. I mean, you know, we outnumber the residents on a majority of the places that we visit. I think I've been approached by a number of people on events that that have history in the 
armed forces, military execution stuff, and, and they have just been blown away by the logistics that are pulled off kind of behind the curtain. And, you know, we, when we come into a town from a footprint size, you know, we're, we're 15 acres of land that's needed. You know, we're talking about shower trucks and stages and kitchens and big tents and, um, you know, mobile centers for comms and, and all kinds of things. You know, we, we've got a tent service that we set up 600 tents. And so you've got another 600 tents of, of size of, of taking up places. So, you know, and getting food delivered in the middle of nowhere, having fuel in the middle of nowhere is, is really challenging, but it's really, for me, it's part of what's, what's fun about the organization is just building those logistics and be able to like deliver a product that, that serves these communities and serves our ridership. Hmm. Let's listen to another voicemail. This is Kevin from Lake Oswego. Five years ago, when I was 59, I had my knee replaced in May. And to celebrate, I did Cycle Oregon in September. And my daughter was just out of high school, so she was able to go with us for the whole week, the two of us. And we circled the Wallawas, starting in Baker and ending in Baker, Baker City. And we had just a lovely week together. I celebrated my new knee. I was able to do a bike all week long with my lovely daughter. She was graduating from college next week. And uh, I'm very sad. <laughs> the week event is no longer. So let's turn to that. I should also just remind folks, we're talking right now with Steve Schultz, the executive director of Cycle Oregon. There are a number of reasons why this classic week-long ride is ending, but let's talk about logistics first. What's it been like to try to provide all the services that you were mentioning before? I mean, the, the lodging, the food, the, the porta-potties, what's it been like to provide that last year and to set it up for this year? Uh, you know, it's been really difficult. Um, you know, I think as Alex mentioned, you know, employment and, and costs and service costs and those types of things um, have escalated. When we came out of COVID, um, you know, we were fortunate enough fortunate enough to to be able to be here after COVID from a number of reasons. But you know, a lot of the businesses that we've worked with and service providers that we work with weren't around any longer. And and coming out of COVID, having to sort of rebuild our infrastructure and our, you know, our team of service providers and partners to to launch these events. So classic is one of the events, but we also do multiple other events. And so it, it was a kind of a constant challenge to to rebuild and find new vendors and try to teach them 30 plus years of history of like, this is how we build this thing. Um, you know, it just became really challenging. And and as we came into this year, you know, those challenges are still there. Uh, capacity level is down from communities. There's a lot of, we use a lot of community help when we go to communities. So from through community volunteer groups, um, you know, through COVID, a lot of those volunteer groups dried up, you know, they weren't able to do fundraising. They weren't able to rally around a cause uh, because of COVID. And so subsequently aren't around any longer. So, so those pieces, you know, Dave, our, our Alex mentioned fire, Obviously, we've had fire. We had a you know a call about the 2015 turnaround due to fire, and 2017 was our first cancellation ever uh, based on fire. So all those considerations, you know, we have to take into account. Seven days is a is a big thing if you think about if you do events at all. You're basically doing seven different events back to back, and you move each event each day. So logistically, it's really challenging. Um, and you know, we were built around this model um, that we've been working on back in 1988 and that that model has changed but part of that model was to be sustainable and to be impactful 
Um, and so it's one thing if you if you can do one or the other, but if it's not sustainable the way we do it and we're not impactful, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it was about generating funds to give back. You know, I always tell people we throw these parties on bikes and then whatever beer's left over, we give it back to people. Well, you know, with all the challenges and the rising costs, we're not able to provide that impact like we did. We're not able to give that money back or invest that money in the fund like we used to. And so if we're not serving that need, then we need to evolve and change so we can get back to serving that need. How much did rider interest evolve over that same period of time? I mean, you mentioned that you put on shorter rides. There's a gravel ride in recent years. Is there as much interest among Oregonians or other people to actually do a seven-day classic ride? Yeah, great question, Dave. You know, I think that the, the road cycling multi-day tour um, interest has been declining since uh, the late 2010s, I would say. And, you know, you can look nationally to different organizations and particularly with COVID and other challenges, you know, there's just been a challenge to get out there. You know, you look at 35 years ago, Cycle Oregon was one of like three organizations that did a multi-day bike ride in the nation. Um, and now you look at there's just about every state that does some sort of form of uh, bike ride. Um, you know, different modes of cycling have shown up um, that people are embracing. They're liking to get off of the pavement, onto gravel, onto into, back into mountain biking, a mixture of the two. You've got e-bikes. Um, you have a lot of different variabilities that weren't there before. And so what we've seen is we have seen the decline uh, in numbers of people that, one, are willing to are, are, are having the time to commit to training for a seven day event. You know, it's not that that's the classic event is based on something that's not, you just pick up and decide, Hey, I'm going to go ride this. I mean, a lot of people that, that ride bikes on a regular basis, you know, could pick up a weekend event and said, Hey, I can go ride this event. And like our weekend events have multiple routes. So there's some options for people, but you know, things, well, I can go knock out a 30, 30 mile ride Saturday and Sunday. I've done some training. I've done whatever I can catch up. If you talk about a seven day event, that's months of training for lots of people. And so you look at the reality of what's out there in the world. It's like, well, that's harder and harder to get to. So how, how do we provide something to people that they can still embrace what we do and what they want to to do on the bike. Um, and so that seven day model is something that is, is challenging for a lot of people. And we've also historically that that event has sat in September after school has gotten back into session. So we've had teachers or, or the primary caregivers at home haven't been able to join us. And so there's added challenges where we'd like to embrace that and, and be a little bit more accessible to lots of community. Let's listen to one more voicemail. This is Austin calling in from Portland. My dad, and my grandpa on my mom's side did cycle Oregon early 2000s. There was this period of time leading up to cycle Oregon where he was out riding. And, and at that time, I, I would go out and ride short rides with him. I also watched the connection between him and my grandpa. It was really wonderful to see the connections that they they made over this event and leading up to the event and, and talking about bike rides and riding. And then actually going on this week-long ride, it's something that I think about a lot because my grandpa's still with us, but his memory is quickly not sticking around. And so thinking back to that time, it's great. 
you know, he and some of our other callers and folks on Facebook, they talked about family connections in this in a very moving way. But you also talked at the beginning about um, intrastate connections, about bridging the urban-rural divide. I can't help but think about something like the Greater Idaho Movement right now in the context of this. I'm I'm just curious what it means to you to have to stop or to make the decision to stop this particular, you know, cycling connection between different parts of Oregon at a time when arguably the divisions between different parts of Oregon have never been greater. Yeah, well, I think to be clear that, you know, because the classic is sunsetting does not mean we're not continuing to do this work in rural Oregon. Uh, so, you know, it may not be a seven-day event, but we will certainly be in rural Oregon. We'd love to ride there. We'd love to support there. You know, our mission is based on that, about providing that service. You know, um, so so I agree that that divide is something that we need to continue to help. And it, it, it isn't until you people get people face-to-face uh, with communities and with each other that you understand that you are common um, and that there are commonalities between there. So we will continue to serve that. I mean, you look at you know, successful brands evolve to meet the needs of who they serve, right? I mean, which is what we've been doing and continue to do. Uh, and this is one more phase of this. I mean, think about if if Apple decided that since, you know, they were founded on the personal computer, that's all they would do for the next 50 years, right? I mean, look what they've accomplished and, and who they serve by evolving. You know, Cycle Oregon is evolving. We're going to continue to do that work out in the state. We're going to continue to give back. We're going to continue to get youth on bikes and provide opportunities for rural communities to thrive. So it's just going to be in in a different format than that seven-day classic. Steve Schultz, thanks very much. Thanks very much for having me, Dave. Steve Schultz is the executive director of Cycle Oregon. One more comment from one of our listeners. Diane Kress-Hauer is talking here about Harney County. She says her favorite memory from Cycle Oregon is eating lunch in the Druzy Cafe, watching them prepare for Cycle Oregon, coming through what wonderful teamwork and community.